So Jacob, please tell me what exactly, why do, do I keep waking up with a text message like every 10 minutes about you needing Gus Edwards? I thought it was going to be Jamar Chase and then all I'm seeing is Gus Edwards. What, what's changed? I already have Jamar Chase. I don't have Gus Edwards. That's the thing. I want Gus Edwards for my lineup because of the anarchy that ensued. Like I need that buoyancy brought to my flex position. Okay. I literally just guide him, and I need him as a running back too. So it sounds like I need him more than you do from a flex position. No, because you have Antonio Gibson, you have Josh Jacobs, you have the the Bucks running backs, and Look, Kenyon Drake. I, I have the and, Raiders and the Bucks. Yeah, and, and then you have wide receivers that are you know got some depth to them. I, I just want Gus Edwards. Well, I I, I have Gus Edwards, but you have Jamar I'm, Chase. So that doesn't I mean, I mean like I'm that, trading. I feel like that's a no. fair trade. Gus, no, yes for Jamar. You would feel like that's a fair trade. <clears throat> He's had eight drops. I mean, why are you why are you keeping him at this point, Jacob? It's been three weeks. Even if he is hot garbage, I will lord him over you for the entirety of his career for kicks and giggles. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you'll hold on Jamar Chase for like three years. No, no, like, he's gonna he's gonna go crazy. <laughs> or if he goes crazy enough, I'm gonna send a, a text to you saying, "Hey, I have Jamar Chase available. I need a lot." Oh my gosh! Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the Misfit Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm this your is the Gus Edwards Trade Hour. <laughs> Might as well be the telethon. I'm your co-host, Taylor Reeves, alongside my other co-host here, uh, Jacob Dupree, a.k.a. the commissioner. And welcome to the Misfit Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 31. Um, This episode is going to be brought to you by Gus Edwards and the trade shenanigans. No, I'm just kidding. Um, No, but trading Gus Edwards. We have a a lot to get to today. Um, First and foremost, we're going to get through the injury bugs that are that are swirling around the nfl and then our main topic is going to be trades trades and more trades the craziness that went on with the og rookie draft league and some other sneaky situations that were going on and of course we have another uh league draft happening this evening as we're recording so a lot to get to in a short amount of time let's get right into it all right so jacob injury bug I know we're bringing this back up again. Um, so Cam Akers, he's out for the year. Um, good thing is you have a, I know. I, I wouldn't sorry. need Gus Edwards if I had Cam Akers. <laughs> it's okay. You have Jamar Chase to, to soothe your wounds. I do, but it's not Cam Akers. <laughs> well, the good news is you still have next year. Um Maybe, about, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think we'll come back. You have uh, Daryl Henderson. Yeah, but my thing with Cam Akers is he's already walking 50% weight bearing on a recently repaired torn Achilles, which is excellent progress. Modern science de- keeps developing like crazy, and the fact that he's already 50% on that ankle is actually like obscenely quick. And I'm thankful to see it, not just because, you know, my fan, my dynasty roster would love it if he came back next year and was a thing. But also because I genuinely like Cam Akers is a 22-year-old dude who just set off on a career as the NFL running back and towards Achilles. So, I mean, like, I'm genuinely pulling for you to kick butt. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. And as a result of that, the uh, the L.A. Rams and Les Snead and Sean McVay started doing some uh, crazy, crazy backroom talks going on. And they uh, they trade for Sony Michelle, which, by the way, you know, Georgia fame. Um, He was a first round draft pick for the uh, the Patriots a few years ago. Uh, But he was he was on the cut radar for for the Patriots. So it's 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 kind of you kind of have this like clueless deer in the headlights thing going on thinking, well, couldn't they've gotten him on the waivers in like two weeks? Why Why do they feel the need to trade for him? Not only that, he's in the last year of his rookie contract. I feel like it's just one of those things that, that, I mean, they trade it. My thing is, too, they can trade a conditional fifth and sixth round picks. Like, that team does not believe in running in draft picks because they already don't have a first round pick through 2023. But, like, I'm with you. I think you could have signed, like, I've as a Daryl Henderson manager and, you know, Cam Akers manager, I'm not scared by Sony Michelle. I've seen what he's done in New England. Like right here, according to Pro Football Reference, he's averaged 3.7 yards per carry in 2019. Right. Last season was 5.7, but at the same time, he only played six games and his carry count, he only had 79 carries. Like that's to me a statistical anomaly and just out there. 
he's not going to catch passes. So like as, as a Daryl Henderson manager, why, why are you like, why are we trying, why are people trying to tell us to be concerned? I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a concern with competing for Daryl Henderson. It's more so of a, of, of a thing of, he's going to come in there and try to be complimentary, but the way that I feel like a lot of people have been selling it in the way, like, you know, pro football focus, you know, I was listening to like their daily episode uh, today. Um, but th- I think this is from last week, but anyways, um, you know, they're discussing about how, you know, Daryl Henderson, I guess, had some concerns about durability and then they're getting Sonny Michelle who is, you know, obviously has concerns of durability. He only played six games last year, um, but he did have that, you know, terrific rookie to, uh, 2018 uh, playoff run where I think he scored like seven rushing touchdowns. It was a, a playoff record. Let's for the see Patriots so whatever. in three games, he had 71 carries for 336 yards and six touchdowns. Yeah, it's insane. Averaging 112 yards a game. But my thing is, I look at this, and I'm like, he's living off of the laurels of two years ago. Yeah. He's also a 25-year-old running back mm-hmm. who couldn't beat out Damian Harris, who couldn't beat out James White. And, like, James White. Rex Burkhead's still there. <laughs> well, no. Oh, he, is, he is in Houston, unless he got cut. He's in limbo. But anyways, like, but he couldn't beat out Rex Burkhead for touches. Like, you know, he couldn't dominate that backfield as a first round pick. So, you know, dynasty wise, I wouldn't even consider getting Sony Michelle off the waivers, which if he's not there, he should be there. Like, to me, it's one of those things that if Daryl Henderson now goes down, I don't care about who the running back is because I know Sean, or I believe Sean McVay is just going to be like, well, we're going to throw it 60 times a game. That's why we got Matthew Stafford. He's used to that. Right. It's like, if, if, if that happens, you know, the Rams will be like, if we're able to average 50 to 60 yards a ball game rushing, we're, we're feeling good. Yeah. I mean, like genuinely, why not? If it works, it works. Cause you have the defense to do it. You can do screen passes to all your, you know, fantastic wide receivers to take up that time. So, or take up those, you know, rushing attempts, if you will. Right. So I, I feel like it's interesting to think about, do you feel like, Daryl is a really good trade chip or if you have Sony and you're, let's say you're in a deep dynasty league, um, you know, do you feel like Sony is worth a, a trade up, you know, worth a 2023 third round pick for instance? Yeah. I mean, if you have him, you might, might as well see what you can get from the Daryl Henderson manager at the moment, because I mean, Daryl Henderson's not the picture of health. I mean, we've been through this, like that's the whole reason Cam makers got his gig was because Daryl Henderson couldn't stay healthy. And I'm like, you know, like, I'm not going to stand here and try to hide behind or hide from right. that fact. But I think it's like, it's worth kicking the tires on. But if they're like, I need a 2023 20, second round pick, just nah, <laughs> I'm yeah. good. Yeah. I'll ride with somebody else. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, the NFL does talk about the best ability is availability. So, it's true. All righty. So moving into the next injury bug and, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, first of all, if, if this is the first time listening to us, thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, Welcome second, in. Yeah. Second of all, uh, all of these is, is the running back injury bug. So if there's a wide receiver bug out there that you guys are got to bug up your butt about it, huh. you know, just <laughs> I saw T Y Hilton had a neck thing today. When is he not? I, I mean, I feel like since Andrew Luck is retired, he just hasn't been the same. I'm just being honest. It's true. true, he, true. He, he lost his running mate and he's just like, I, I don't know. The guy I don't care anymore. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> Why, Andrew? Okay. <laughs> Why'd you pick the concrete over us? <laughs> uh, that was a very, very deep cut there. He, he was an architect and he, uh, Anyways, he he enjoyed you know figuring out different types of concrete and cement. It's it's actually kind of interesting. There, when there's a lot of things on our brain right now between like ten trades and two quarterback money league coming up tonight. We're dealing with work and survival. Just you know, survival of the fittest. <laughs> it ain't me right now, boss. No. So the uh, the second injury that happened was uh, Travis Etienne, who was the the prize rookie running back for Urban Meyer, teaming up with his former teammate. Uh, sorry, See? <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, too many TRs, too many T's. The You're T's a TR. I am a TR. Anyways, um, so Travis Etienne, you know, had the Liz Frank injury and he's now out for the complete season. Uh, I apparently am a huge buyer because I traded for him in not one, but two dynasty leagues to put him that on the hit, IR. That didn't hit me until just now. <laughs> so... Apparently I I'm buying stock, um, you know, hand over foot for uh, Travis ETN. Um, so 
yeah, if if you're able to get Travis Etienne low, which I kind of used him as kind of like a, a throw-in on, on some things and was able to to do that, I, I, I'm a big believer in him. And, yep. you know, I'm just like, put him on the shelf and we'll see what happens next year. I'm I'm going full Blake Griffin. It's like, sit out your rookie year and come back and be rookie of the year. Yep. I mean, like, in, I, th- I think that's a pretty good move because, I mean, we talked about this before our draft. I said, if he got to a certain spot, I was going to trade up for him because – yeah. Why the heck not? Like you just throw them on your IR spot and you pick someone else up, especially for like, you know, cause your team doesn't really have a need for running back, but at the same time, you know, what, like we've previously said, like every episode in dynasty relations, it's like, if you don't have, like, if you don't have a running back, screwed and you're screwed, you're done. Right. You can't win a title without a top 15 running back. So you can never have too many running backs in the cupboard. I mean, look at Dayton's team. Now he has Christian McCaffrey, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Najee Harris, Mike Davis. I mean, those four guys, three of the four could be top 15 guys. I mean, so, I mean, his team's going to be salty, even if just those three guys carry him because running backs, I love them. Wide receivers career lasts longer, running backs win championships. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I feel like with, uh, you know, for instance, my team uh, picking up Travis Etienne, I have James Robinson, Najee Harris, and, um, Antonio Gibson in the, uh, in the stranger, stranger danger and yeah. the stranger danger league. So I'm like that that's good quality there. And like you said, you can't ever have too many running backs. Um, mm-hmm. So let, let's say, you know, James Robinson has another top 10 season, which I highly expect because that team is definitely going to need it with the way that that offensive line is playing. <laughs> and I feel like urban is going to be like, we have to protect Trevor. Like we, we have to yeah. protect Trevor because they don't want to be the Cincinnati Bengals of last year where, you know, their star QB is just running for his life and Tara's ACL. And, you know, you're just now getting him back. That's yeah. the, that's the worst case scenario right now for the Jaguars. And they're absolutely trying to avoid that. Well, good news is you have an undrafted proven running back known as James Robinson, which by the way, was in the NFL top 100 kudos to him. He should have been good job. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, coming back and I'm sure he's like, uh, d- did you guys uh, forget about me? Um, yeah. So my question to you, Jacob is with that, do you feel like after this season, let's say he has another top 10 season, do you see James Robinson saying, staying in Jack in Jacksonville, or do you see him maybe trying to push for a trade somewhere else? Well, see, here's my thing. I'm so confused as to why they drafted Travis Etienne in the first place. And this is, I think this is the world's way of self-correcting. <laughs> a little bit at the expense of a rookie running back, but like it just doesn't make any sense to me as why they drafted a first round running back. Whenever you had a guy who, yes, he was undrafted free agent, but yet he produced like I'm looking at right here on pro football reference. He had 240 carries for over a thousand yards. He averaged four and a half yards per attempt. And that's adding on 49 receptions for another, you know, 340 yards. That's a fantastic year. He ended the year with 1,400 yards from scrimmage and with 10 total touchdowns. Yeah, with 10 and 10 total touchdowns. And that's how he managed to be a top, I think, seven fantasy back. So, I mean, if he puts up a similar type of year, or even if he just, for fantasy-wise, is a top 10 running back, I don't know what to do because football sense says he's done it twice. Why will he not do it again? But then you also have Travis Etienne coming in. And from a football standpoint and from an organizational standpoint, you're like, I paid first round for this guy. I paid top dollars. So I have to make him worth it, especially now that he's gone for a whole year. Yeah. So, I mean, if I'm Jacksonville, I think that you have to let, if James Robinson pops off and is another top 10 running back, I think you have to let it keep rolling and you let Travis Etienne be a third down back until you see something different from James Robinson. And then kind of like you said, even next off season, float him around as a trade chip, float him around and say, Hey, listen, I have a guy that's right here. I obviously don't really need him because I have Travis Etienne coming back. What do you have for this running back? Because I mean, that's a deal that, you know, I think the dolphins would look at. I think arguably the Buccaneers might look at because Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones will probably be gone. Like it's, you just have to ask yourself those questions as the Jaguars organization is how can we continue to get better while also not sabotaging, you know, like everything, and capitalizing on the things that we have. Cause I would say that now they have, you know, an art and running back surplus, if you will, but not yeah. like it's anything crazy. Well, the good thing, good thing for Travis though, is that he's going to be able to use this year to, you know, really learn the offense, learn, you know, what an NFL locker room is really continue to build that relationship with Trevor Lawrence. And then the coaching staff with urban Meyer, Meyer, 
Um, so it, it, like, like we said, we're still very high on him, and you know, I've, you know, if he got drafted again next year. I feel like he's a top five running back for next year. Yeah, in rookie draft. Sorry, in rookie draft. Um, depending on who comes out uh, this year, but yeah, no, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see what the Jaguars do, especially after seeing some of these preseason games. Um, you know, it's true. Which, uh, by the way, sorry, Casey, that they, uh, the Cowboys lost <laughs> yesterday in the, the preseason game. But, you know, you did miss the draft. You didn't miss the draft. <laughs> that, that's what happens. That's the world correcting itself again. That's true. <laughs> but if you're already a dynasty manager, real quick, if you're already a dynasty manager of James Robinson and he was just a UDFA you picked up, and, I mean, I'd float him around, see what you can get, because some teams, like me, are thirsty for running back help, which means you should trade me Gus Edwards. So speaking of Gus Edwards, that moves into our third injury bug here. Um, so unfortunately, J.K. Dobbins tore his ACL. Did he also tear his LCL too? They're still diagnosing that. And oh, if he tears, geez. if he tore both of them, his beginning of the 2022 season would be in question. Yeah. And I'm oh, not yeah. saying this to like, you know, make you want to keep Gus Edwards more. I'm saying that because it's true and it's for the people. But trade me Gus Edwards. So, yeah, speaking of Gus Edwards, so obviously J.K. Dobbins' um, draft stock plummeted his ADP. Um, and then Gus Edwards, he, he he soared. I mean, is he's what, round three or four right now? If you were taking J.K. Dobbins in the fourth round, you're taking Gus Edwards in the fourth round. If, you're take, if you were taking him in the third, you should take Gus Edwards in the third. That's how I look at it. I think you should just replace them and be okay with it. Okay. Yeah. And then um, – so if you're if you're a fantasy owner right now, Jacob, other than trying to trade for Gus Edwards, um, <laughs> who who is the uh, other running backs for the Ravens? Do we need to be looking out for? There's I think, I think Ty, the guy named Tyson Williams. I think he was an undrafted free agent. I think they literally came out today and said that he's the number two back behind Gus Edwards. So if you have any concerns about Gus Edwards' health, or if you just want to be a guy who sweeps the leg and wants to grab the backup to the backup in case you know Gus Edwards goes down or something. And I think Tyson Williams is the play. Uh, Justice Hill's kind of, you know, former OSU standout, didn't really stand out in the NFL. I do would argue that he's in a wrong system for his skill set, but that's just me. Absolutely. No, I agree with that because he's in a power running scheme when he was running a spread option. And he was never a power runner. <laughs> no, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, if you're looking to grab Gus Edwards' new backup, it's Tyson Williams. And so, I mean, we even me, a Baltimore Raven hater, Lamar Jackson hater, fully acknowledges that that's a run first team and that like J.K. Dobbins had the chance to produce. But the reason, remember, that we were docking J.K. Dobbins was because he's going to have to share carries with Gus Edwards, with Lamar Jackson, and then there's him. And so, but now you take one of those guys completely out of the equation. It's pretty much split between two guys, Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting because now it's like, does that mean like they're going to – stated their dna and be a run first team which i feel like they are but is it going to be a little bit less now and they're going to have to maybe rely who are they going to throw it to who are they going to throw it to marquise brown hasn't been in camp god bless america baby (laughs) freaking marquise brown hasn't been in camp sandy watkins hasn't been in camp he's been injured rashad bateman's been injured from that core injury like he just started running routes three days ago again because he got clearance for it Oh my God. Who's he going to throw the ball to? Like Mark, Mark Andrews? Andrews. Mark Andrews that is and Tyler Wallace. We're going complete Oklahoma people. That is it. We're going <laughs> Bedlam, not rivalry, Bedlam together. That, 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 that's definitely going to be an offensive pass play. Bedlam on three, Bedlam on three. Okay. Pretty much. You're just going to see Tyler Wallace and Mark Andrews like hit each other and whoever's left standing gets the, you know, the target. Which, by the way, speaking of Bedlam, um, Justice Hill, I, I think an offense that would suit him well is probably a 49ers offense style, in my opinion. Yeah, I can see that. Here's here's something that's kind of hot for you coming right off of the uh, sleeper waiver or sleeper breaking news. Uh, Trey Lance suffered a small chip on his finger after jamming it into an opponent's helmet on Sunday. Ooh. Basically just said he'll be out a week and then nothing crazy after that. But, uh, you know, Jimmy G hype train, he's got a chance. Wow. That's... I mean, you never know. If it's just one of those, like, because it says a chip, which leads you to think it's a fractured finger or is it just like a chip fingernail? Both are painful. One of them is, you know, keeps you out longer for medical reasons. One of them is just a boo-boo that you tape up. So you're saying there's a chance. That you trade me Gus Edwards. There's more than a chance. It's an, it's no. an inevitability. No, Jimmy G. 
No, it's no, no, no. Go to commercial so I can yell at you about trading Gus Edwards more. All righty. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to a quick commercial break and we'll be right back after this. After he trades me, Gus Edwards. Now, listen, so the reason why you should take rugs is because like he could definitely break out this year because, I mean, someone else is going to have to step up to be target in Oakland besides Darren Waller. OK, Henry Ruggs is going to be that guy. Uh, and I don't need Drake. No, I have Kenya Drake. Congratulations. I have Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Hopkins, Jamar Chase. Like, I, I don't need Henry Ruggs in my lineup. He's, well, he's expendable. Well, I need Gus Edwards. He's no, he's getting into that lineup. I may use the Buccaneers players as trade ships. I mean, I don't I don't know. And give me Ronald Jones for Henry Ruggs. That's right. I'll pivot. I'll well, pivot. You're, you're pivoting now. I'll pivot, baby. I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll think about it. I need some time here. I'm a scientist. I need to be able to get back, look at some of the uh, the facts, and aka I need to go to the Dynasty Trade Cut, aka the uh, Football Bible. But ladies and gentlemen, his face oh. said, "I'm interested." <laughs> I did light up like a Christmas tree, didn't I? You, you did. <clears throat> By the way, uh, Keep Trade Cut says it's a difference of like ninety or hundred points between who? Ronald Jones, Henry Ruggs. Oh wow! Just oh. saying. Just saying. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. Trades. <laughs> All righty. So welcome back. And we're going to get to the main topic here for episode 31. Um, so just a quick reminder, we are a dynasty, uh, you know, podcast with a redraft kick every once in a while, which uh, speaking of the redraft kick two QB empire fantasy football league draft tonight, except for Casey. Uh, you'll probably <laughs> listen to this afterwards. <laughs> Um, sorry, bud. We can't. We can't do seven. You're talking to the the champion, and then the guy who lost two championship games on the same day last year and shed a couple of tears because of it. Yeah, I, hey, I don't blame him. Uh, it hurts. Uh, and the reason we'll be able to do it at seven is because, well, we're, we're kind of preoccupied right now, bud. That and I have dinner. <laughs> same, same. You know, it's just, it's just gotta get things done. All righty. So we had the OG Dynasty rookie draft. Oh, yeah, we did uh, last night. Uh, man, it was good to to see in person, socially distanced. We we fell, followed pro, uh, COVID protocol. We we're all spread out. It was nice. Um, so, Commissioner, how did you think the the experience went overall? I mean, I'm I'm still a little salty that there wasn't a lot of people there, and that's that's a whole commissioner's corner, like ranting for like 20 seconds in a different podcast. I, I was thinking about that. We haven't had a commissioner's corner rant in a bit. And uh, that, that, that's prime a little material. tease for a, a later episode. That, that'd be prime too. But no, I think it went good. Um, I think for myself and my draft, I think I probably would have, I, I don't know. I think I probably would have, should have gotten a little bit more running back with my second pick instead of trading it for Marvin Jones, which we can talk about in a second. But at the same time, like I'm not upset because I know where my roster's at. I know I'm in it to win it pretty much this year and next year. Right. And I mean, I've even said on this podcast, if I, if I have two season ending injuries in the middle of this year, depending on who it is, I'm probably going to start trading off, you know, my bigger named older players for value because I want that quick turnaround. I don't want to sit there in the mud for three seasons. I want to be there. I want to get it done and I want to be back to the top. Yeah, and I mean, that's the name of the game. Uh, I mean, as someone who is a uh, rookie owner in, in a dynasty league and, and not, you know, trying to get his feet wet and trying to figure out and acclimate himself to things, I feel like the team in general was in a decent position uh, to begin with that that was left to me. And, uh, you know, just trying to build on that. I drafted uh, Trey Sermon with the uh, the seventh overall pick, and then I ended up being able to turn that into a trade ship. Uh, so it was a good day for me. I feel like overall, I'm, I'm happy with it. Like I said, I'm obviously buying stock into Travis Etienne like it's going out of business. Um, so, uh, you know, I, uh, and then Colby, you know, traded for the 49ers, you know, traded for Trey Sermon, and now he has literally completed the uh, the, the gauntlet, the Infinity the, Gauntlet. The 49er Infinity Gauntlet, except, oh. you know, we hope that they stay healthy and they end up better than Thanos ended up. Spoiler alerts, but if you haven't watched it by now, I have no regrets. But I mean, seriously, he has, is it four or five San Francisco 49er running backs? It's, it's, it's pretty impressive. I'm not I'm pretty lie. sure it's, I'm pretty sure it's, I'm pretty sure it's four. But he, but he, dr- he drafted another one though. He drafted yeah. the, uh, Elijah the Mitchell. Four, yeah. <laughs> Cause I tell him, I was like, Hey, there's another 49ers running back. Do you want him? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So do you want to start with the OG league or do you want to go to Stranger Danger? Let, let's the, start with OG since OG. we're here right now. 
All right, so you, we'll start off. Let's see, when was the last trade that even happened? The do we want to start at the the last one that happened or the one before that? So do you want to do chronological or? Yeah, let's do chronological. Do okay, do I, before the draft or the day of the draft? Well, the last trade that happened in the OG League was me getting Austin Eckler, which means the next trade that happened would have been me trading my 208 for Marvin Jones. And that happened in the middle of the draft, which was great. Nope, I lied. You traded for Gus Edwards first. I did. Speaking Jerk. Of, speaking of Jerk. <laughs> but you I was literally like, up on the podium and Dayton was like, hey, do you want him for a second round pick? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you trade like the 207 for Gus Edwards. Yeah. Literally, you were you just beat me to the punch because as you guys were talking, I was getting at the screen to trade him for the 208 to get Gus Edwards. But unfortunately, I wasn't fast enough because I wasn't paying that much attention. Like I was trying to see six different aspects at the same time. You, you were being but, a commissioner. You were, you know, making sure everyone was welcomed. I really did appreciate that. You even gave us a goodie bag, which we'll save for that here in a little bit. <laughs> um, which, uh, by the way, you know, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate gifts in my life. I appreciate just wanting being, you know, being wanted. It's, it's You're great. welcome. But no, I thought, you know, one of us obviously was going to trade for Gus Edwards because we were both pushing for it at the same time. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I think what, what the heck? I mean, it's a one-year rental. You traded a second-round pick. More power to you. Trade him to me. And then the second one was you, uh, Marvin Jones, for Casey's second-round pick. Well, I traded – yeah, so I traded my second-round pick to Casey for Marvin Jones. And I did that because, yeah, like I could have had Ramondre Stevenson. I could have had, you know, another like – like that's pretty much the only running back I would have taken there. But I kind of looked at it, and I was like, do I want to trust a Patriot – like Bill Belichick? Like he's a Patriots running back when push comes to shove. Right. And I think Damian Harris currently has a stranglehold on that job, and so – I would rather take the shot with Marvin Jones to see if he can be Trevor Lawrence's number one receiver, because if he is, I mean, I can have him starting in my flex weekly and I could eventually use him as a trade chip to trade for a running back. If I still want one later in the year, because I mean, like we said, like my roster, Calvin Ridley and DeAndre Hopkins aren't coming out of those two wide receiver spots. Yeah. I have Austin Eckler, Dalvin cook, and then Daryl Henderson. That's Daryl Henderson. will be manning one of my flex positions. So I'm really just looking at one flex that I'm trying to fill here. And so, like, if if it's a revolving door between Marvin Jones, Devontae Parker, and, you know, whoever else, like, you know, Henry Ruggs, Jamar Chase even, if once he pops off, it's just a revolving door. So, I mean, I feel like it was one of those things of, I know I have a lot of wide receivers, so that way I can trade a couple for a running back. Uh, like Gus Edwards. Okay. No, no. Why, why, why do I have – I mean, I'm competing with you for a playoff position. <laughs> Positioning. You're- no, you're competing with me. I'm not competing with you. Mike, drop. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, people have been underestimating me my entire life, and I am the defending empire fantasy football champion. Shut up. So, shut up. Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen, shut up. That hurts my soul. Hey, I just want to let you know I'm a competitor. I'm, I have fire, and I am a ginger. So <laughs> just, uh, just be on the lookout. That's true. So then next up, you actually made another trade pretty much like and had like 30 minutes post-draft where you traded Russell Gage and Trey Sermon for Travis Etienne and Kadarius Tony. Walk yeah. me through that. So I, you know, um, Colby and I have been talking basically the, <clears throat> the, the entire draft. Sorry. The second you picked him up. The second we, yeah, I mean, even before that, I was like, you know, Trey Sermon, but who was it that was taken right before that was Elijah Moore, I think. I think it no. was Elijah. No, the running back that was taken right before him was Kent Gainwell. No, first round, first round, first round. You're right, think, you keep talking, I can find it. I think it was Cacho because I was like, ooh, take Elijah Moore. I was being facetious. I thought he was going to trade Sermon, and I was like, well, crap. He took he he didn't take so, the bait on my reverse psychology. So uh, Chaz took Jalen Waddle just ahead of you at the one six, and then you took Trey Sermon at the one seven. Okay, I'm screwing up because that was the second round. Anyways, yeah, that was the second round. So I took I took Trey Sermon, but Trevor Lawrence was there, and I was like, which rookie QB do I want? Because you know we had discussed tease alert. Uh, we may be going to a, a super flex two QB in two years. Yeah, there's potential there. So I was thinking. I was doing 3D chess. I was thinking, what would Bill Belichick do? Build for the future. I have Tom Brady, who's 45. There's potential he could play till he's 55. 
but I'm, I'm planning, you know, contingency plans. So I was like, let's take a uh, Trey Sermon here. And I, I really like Russell Gage. I had been trying to trade him literally the entire night. And I was like, hey, you it, walked in the door and you said, Hey, who wants Russell Gage? I literally, literally did. And then everyone's like, Ooh, he's, he's projected to uh, score 6.66 points the first week. And everyone was just like off of it at that point. If I didn't have Calvin Ridley on my roster, I would have probably found a deal for him. Yeah. And I was, I didn't want to drop him because if I made that trade, I was not going to be able to, um, to drop him. Oh no, no, no. It was when I traded for Gus Edwards. That was the reason why I traded Russell Gage. Yeah. I, I had too many people on the roster. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to drop him. I want to at least want to try to get some, some value back. So I was like, I'm high on Travis Etienne. I can put him on IR Kadarius, Tony, you know, he could be a gadget play who knows what he may end up turning into, but I can put him in the taxi squad and we're good to go there. Mm-hmm. That was essentially what it was. It was more so of a roster management move and it was between him and Sammy. And I'm like, well, if Sammy comes back, I mean, he may potentially be something. Uh, I mean, that may come back to bite me in the butt. I don't know. Eh, I think it'll be all right. I, I mean, I liked it. You traded, you got ETN and you got Kadarius Tony and Kadarius Tony could replace uh, the slot receiver in New York. You just have to have Daniel Jones not be an idiot. And then and, and who's to know if, if Kenny Galladay is going to be there. That was the yeah. other reason speaking of teasing for the next league. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was on the giants. I, I'm never like broken down more prospects for the giants. And it, it really hurts my soul because I just don't like the giants. Like at all. <laughs> and especially now since the, uh, redheaded stepchild known as uh, Jason Garrett. Yes, I can say that because I'm a ginger. So just everyone get, <laughs> get away with the ginger hate. Um, I, I can <laughs> I can beat up on my own a little bit. It's true. Uh, with Jason Garrett there, I'm just like they they it's it's a like a just a kibosh of pass catchers. So I guess you'd say you're like a self-hating <laughs> ginger now. Can we like officially confirm that? Yeah, I'm a little self-deprecating. <laughs> Okay, so so that trade happened, and then what else happened? So we had we had the waiver wire. So uh, Mar, uh, Marquez Callaway, mm-hmm. Dayton keeps making moves. I feel like sometimes with the three D chess, he also picked up Zach Ertz, which is good. There, you picked up Roundtree. That that's an interesting pickup there. Well, it's just because I look at it, and for my team, I have Austin Eckler, I have Josh Kelly, but I also wanted Roundtree just in case, like. Because one of those two guys has been cut or is about to be cut or like we're about to get some clarity with how they're going to be used. I just want the immediate backup for just in case Eckler goes down. Not that I think that they're going to be as good as Eckler. I just think that they could fill, fill some part of his shoes and give me like eight points a week if I really, you know, break glass in case of emergency. Right. Yeah, no, I, I think that's the way to do it. And that's what I've been trying to do with some of the teams, you know, trying to get the backups there, trying to build out the team, especially with Dynasty, because it really is a different mindset because you're not building for today. You're building for what is the team going to be in three years? Yeah, there's some moves that you make that is to benefit your team next season, not this year. And like, for instance, you acquiring ETM, that's you looking towards next year, knowing that this year he's on the IR, but yeah. And that's a move in the past I would not have made. I I have made more trades this past week than I've made my entire fantasy career. You're welcome. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. Make another one. Send me Gus. Anyways. Oh, my God. Under the stranger danger. (laughs) I've already scrolled up and looked at it. The one chronologically that happened first was a trade between Kelton and Jantz, where Kelton traded Jerry Judy for Chris Godwin. So, I mean... I looked at that, and for their rosters, it's just kind of one of those things of, I mean, Jerry Judy has the potential this year, and with Teddy Bridgewater being named starting quarterback <laughs> over the weekend, that helps Jerry Judy's stock out more than, I think, you know, Tim Patrick's, Cortland Sutton, people like that. So, I mean, I think that that was – it was a well-done move. I don't know if I would have done it because I still think Chris Godwin has the much better quarterback and has the much higher ceiling than Jerry Judy does, but – that might also just be a little wink towards, oh, next year, whenever they draft a quarterback, whenever they sign a high-profile free agent to come in there. Right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, I dig it. Yeah, and I mean, that was after trading Calvin Ridley, um, you know, like a couple of days before that. So, mm-hmm. I, I I think what Jacob's trying to do, it's kind of like what, what we've been talking about of it, the difference between a, a, a redraft versus a dynasty. He's definitely trying to build for the future there with uh, with Jerry Judy. And getting rid of Chris Godwin, who 
potentially could be the third wide receiver on the depth chart, which sounds yeah. ridiculous. Um, I mean that Tampa Bay team, I mean, we've talked about it, it that it's completely loaded. So <laughs> it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch, especially if you have Tom Brady on your roster. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely gonna be fun to watch there. I have then, a, go, go for it. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I was moving on to the next one. If you had something else on that trade, go for it. No, I was just going to say, I think it's a good pick for, for, for both players. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with it. All right. So this next trade, it was between Kelton and Ben. So, uh, Kelton acquired James Conner for Mike Davis, Sterling Shepard, and a third-round pick for next year. But, no, the funny thing is, Kelton, I'm going to out you a little bit here, but that's fine. This is all for the people. He sent me a text uh, prior to this happening. He's like, hey, who's a better NFL player? Is it Kareem Hunt or is it Josh Jacobs? I'm like, I was just giving him my answers. Like, I mean, I think it's a wash, like, talent-wise situation. I go Jacobs because he's the starter, but, you know, that's just me. Then this trade goes through, and suddenly I get a text, like, 30 minutes later. It's so why I was asking about Josh Jacobs is because I thought I was trading for Josh Jacobs, not James Conner. <laughs> yep. That was exactly my response. It made, it made my day so much better. And I was like, I mean, I can't undo it. That's not my fault. Like that wasn't like an accidental thing. Like you literally uh, did this to yourself. It's and okay. That that's a common rule of fantasy football. It happens to all of us. And Hey, I still think that's him a good, me. I, I still think it's a decent trade all around i mean because you have two volatile running backs honestly between james connor and mike davis you gave up a third round pick how often does a third round rookie draft pick turn in into something amazing like if it would have been mike davis in the third round pick that's yeah. fine like whatever i still think like mike davis is the better end of that but like i think it's obviously hilariously bad for kelton because he traded away a guy right now looks like he's going to get every touch in atlanta's backfield sterling shepherd who is consistently criminally underrated because I mean, he averages like seven targets a game whenever he's on the field. He's so good. I want him on a different team. So, I mean, I I just, man, you and me both. (laughs) I just think it's hilarious that he sent me a text. I was like, I thought it was for Josh Jacobs. Whoops. Oh, well, Hey, it's, it's part of the, it's part of the, uh, the draft. And so we had a lot of people on the trade block. I mean, we've been barking about it on the, on the podcast, talking about people need to get in, in the trade. So I was just like, screw it. I got after it. Um, I put Saquon Barkley on the trade block and uh, Ben boy blue put Amari Cooper on the trade block. Uh, C Bruce put Calvin Ridley on the trade block and Trey Lance. Yeah, Listen, he Calvin Ridley's quote unquote on the trade block, but it's just sitting there looking at everybody else. Come on, Brucey. Give him to me. My conspiracy theory is that he was hoping that I was going to trade for Najee because we had been working on something. And I know he is a Pittsburgh Steeler through and through, which, you know, kudos to you, man. And it, I I just didn't want to give him up. There was too much there that I was like, this is no, I feel like this is like (laughs) the, the next Christian McCaffrey potentially. You know, he's like a poor man version, which I'm like, that's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds pretty wealthy to me. Yeah. All right. So instead of uh, get averaging, uh, you know, projected 24 points a game. All right. I'll settle for a 19 <laughs> from a running but, back. Um, but yeah, I mean, the trades just started going crazy there after that. So uh, Kelton traded for uh, Daryl Mooney and uh, PhD 09 got Curtis Samuel, which that, that's a pretty decent, uh, you know, trade there. I feel like. Yeah, I think I think it's a wash. I don't think there's anything special about that. I think that's just player preference and I'm OK with that. Yeah. Uh, same thing with me with like getting ready to trade, you know, putting Saquon Barkley on the trade block. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a terrific player. He just scares the living bejesus. out of me. <laughs> he really does yeah. because he was like number one overall player his first year. Then he was top 10 his second year. And then he got injured last year. And I'm just like, you know, he may return to that, but uh, running backs, he's like 24. I get it. it it's you're probably think everyone thought I was crazy. They still well, think I'm I crazy. mean, I, I do a little bit, but we can that's the next trade because we can just briefly glance on Bruce acquired Corey Davis for a second round pick, which, which that's I mean, beautiful. That's a sneaky I, good pick. I approve of it. I approve. I really do like it. I, I was think like, that's a great deal. Yeah. I mean, he just that's just a good trade. More power to you. And plus, you know, if you're the doctor or whatever. I mean, you got another second round pick. Nothing's nothing to bat an eye at. Right. Building for the future there. And then we had a uh, trade party foul that happened. We had a roster move party foul, oh, yeah. which as the commissioner, you had to discuss. And uh, this is a lesson to everyone. Uh, all right, commissioner, we have to tell the story here. Go ahead. Do you want to do that the next episode for the commissioner corner? 
I can throw that in there. That's like a commissioner tip. Yeah. All right. We'll save that one. We'll save that one for the next episode. That, but everyone is on, tease. That, that and trade etiquette. Trade We're going to talk about trade etiquette on the next episode. But then the next trade, I think to me was the biggest trade that we've kind of mentioned so far. And it was you traded Saquon Barkley and a third round pick for this upcoming year mm-hmm. for Amari Cooper, Travis Etienne, and a second round pick next year. Yes. Now walk me through this. I know you kind of told me at the draft a little bit of your fears on uh, Saquon Barkley, but I just, I want to hear because I've, I personally shock value most of it, but I personally probably wouldn't have done it, but I don't hate it either. If that makes sense. Right. So for me, it was, I already had, so (laughs) I, I am very much a numbers guy when I play fantasy and I, I kind of nerd out to that. And I, it's not so much, I, I go full money ball on it, which I know that's kind of a cop out on some things, but it really was. And it was, I was negotiating in my head between contemplating because I had a wide receiver too and Kenny Galladay that was going to, you know, be anywhere from 11 to 13 points if he's on the field. And then it was just a lot of crap in the backfield. Um, on the back end, sorry, as, as wide receivers. Then I had Saquon Barkley in my flex because I already have Najee and Antonio Gibson being my running backs. And I have James Robinson on the, on the bench. So when Travis Etienne got injured, I was like, well, James Robinson is about to be a top 10 running back again. So I was okay with the fact of either trading Saquon or Najee. Cause I was going to do this I, in my head. I was thinking about trying to do a blockbuster trade and go bananas and go for Calvin Ridley and yeah. Sean Watson and just, you know, pull on the heartstrings of Pittsburgh Steeler <laughs> <laughs> and give them, you know, Ben and, and Najee and figure out the other logistics of it. But I just felt like it may be too much because I was looking at like six players to two. And I was like, eh, it's a little too much. And I was saying it, Amari Cooper, he's still the number one wide receiver. I understand everyone loves CeeDee Lamb. I love CeeDee Lamb. But at the end of the day, when you're under pressure and you're Dak Prescott, who are you going to go to? And he's going to go to Amari. I mean, that's been proven the last two years. And I feel like if he's consistent between 11 and 15 points, which he was that last year with Andy Dalton, if I can have a couple more years of that, I feel more consistent on my lineup overall. Mm-hmm. And it's I'm also going to be able to build depth with Travis Etienne if he's able to pan out. Then, you know, in a couple of years, I may be able to look back and say, wow, I have Najee Harris and Travis Etienne and Antonio Gibson on yeah. my lineup. So that, that was kind of my thinking behind it. But I know a lot of people were like, what? Well, I think a lot of it was just, like I said, it was just kind of a shock factor thing. Like you saw Saquon Barkley get traded. How often does that happen? But I mean, even keep trade cut had it in your favor, but like, <clears throat> you know, not a big margin, like enough that. Yeah. Might tilt the scale. But I think it was a, a couple hundred points, but it's just kind of one of those things of you had a dynasty asset that you were falling on. You capitalized on the market and you got out before it could have gotten worse. Obviously it can go crazy. He can be just as fine as he would. And then, you know, you're going to look like an idiot for trading him for what you did. That's fine. However, <laughs> yeah, no, but at the same time, this is what we've talked about. Like yeah. whenever you're going through a dynasty trade, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I don't believe in this player. He has value. I'm going to trade him. And you can't, you have to move on. Like, you know, it's kind of a modicum of what I did with Miles Sanders before the draft. I traded him for the 103. At the time, I was like, I was kind of giving up on a player that I had high hopes on. But at the same time, I kind of asked myself, would I rather have whoever I can get the 13 or Miles Sanders? And the answer was definitively yes, I'd rather have Jamar Chase over Miles Sanders. And so you just have to look at yourself and say, like, okay, yes, I'm high on this guy. But at the same time, if I can get more value than he's worth, go for it. Or you're low on a guy that, that someone else is high on. Milk that, baby. Get as much as you can. Don't feel yeah. bad about it either. Yeah, and with, with Saquon, I, I've used this analogy before, but I feel like he's like Derrick Rose. I feel like his best years are behind him, and I'm sorry. He may still be a top 10 running back the next two years, but I'm looking down the line of what am I getting for the next four years? Yeah. And I feel like I'm going to be able to get more out of Amari over the next four years than Saquon, but who knows? It may turn back and completely backfire. You know, he may end up winning the the championship and I may look like a complete doofus, which, you know, <laughs> that that's, that's part of the game, but I pulled the trigger. I was, it, he, he just made me feel uncomfortable. So that's, that's just me. <laughs> he did things to you that you didn't enjoy. That's what I just heard. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. 
All right. So moving into the, uh, the next trade that happened. So Kelton picked up Henry Ruggs in a 2022 third round pick and Dylan five picked up Daryl Mooney. So didn't we just let, let's rewind that real quick. Didn't we, yep. did we not just trade Daryl Mooney? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I actually, I like that deal a lot because no, I'm not just saying I'm higher on, higher on Henry Ruggs because I'm trying to trade him to you for Gus Edwards. I'm saying this because there is a legitimate shot that Henry Ruggs can be the number 12 overall pick that he was from the NFL draft, you know, last, last year, there's a, every shot that he could be that guy because you look in Oak or Oakland, God, RIP. You look at the Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver core. It's, it's him. It's Brian Edwards, a third round pick from the same draft class. And it's John Brown who has not looked good this preseason. So like, for instance, their last preseason game, when Derek Carr sat Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards sat, John Brown played three quarters, I believe, two quarters. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I genuinely think there is a higher than not chance that Henry Ruggs is at least a, a flex-worthy player, you know, consistent flex-worthy player with the upside of potentially being a mid-wide receiver too. Like, I'm not going to stand here and say he's going to be wide receiver one next year, number wide receiver 10 overall, because he's not. I fully can see, like, I think his ceiling is probably like wide receiver 16. And that's solid. You, you'll take that to the bank every day of the week. I think his floor is way out the window, but yeah. I just, I can see him being taking that second year step because I mean, he's added, he's added weight to him. And like, as a philosophy I have is if a wide receiver gains weight, it's typically a good thing for running back loses weight or adds weight. It's typically a bad thing. Felix Jones. Oh, Richardson, <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Lacy. Eddie. Oh, Eddie. But it's oh. just kind of one of those things that okay. like, I fully, I fully believe Henry Ruggs, can be a consistent flex player at, and at most like a wide receiver too. So like, I really like that. I just feel like Mike Mayock and John Gruden went to Henry Ruggs and been like, look, John Brown, 31. He's your competition right now. Darren Waller, you know, he's, he's going to take up a lot of the coverage. This is your year. If you don't, yeah. if you don't figure it out, we're going to get the next great Alabama yeah. wide receiver in this building. Well, if he doesn't figure it out, he's just going to be relegated to a worse version of Deshaun Jackson's role of, you're just going to run down the field. And if you get behind someone, we might throw it to you. If you don't, well, we're not going to throw it to you. So I, I definitely, he is a guy that I think if he doesn't take a step this year, he's afterthought. It's going he's to be given, a wasted person. He's given me John Ross vibes and Darius Hayward Bay vibes because when wide receivers historically in the past have ran four, th- four, two something, it, it doesn't end great. Unless you're Chris Johnson, which obviously he's a running back, but still, anytime you're that blazing fast, I have cause for concern personally. Unless now, you're a Bo Jackson or Deion Sanders. or Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Now, I will say this John Gruden's history, typically he likes to target his number one receiver, which right now, like, is Darren Waller. He's his number one target. But I also think a little bit of what happened last year was them kind of learning how to use Henry Ruggs as a player. And right. so I, th- I think this, you know, as this season kind of progresses, I think if you see his, his usage in like the slot or his even usage on under now, un- underneath route slant, something that's just a quick, you know, a quick little route that's going to be able to you know, give him a chance to get open other than just sending him straight down the field every time. I think that's going to be what really improves his stock. That probably was a fun Zoom call. Between John Gruden, Mike Mayock, Nick Saban, Steve Sarkeesian, and probably throwing Lane Kiffin, you know, busting the party, <laughs> talking about Henry Ruggs and how to use them. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I talk about a I party of five is, right there. Uh, there's some kind of party. <laughs> something all but right. I just, I don't know. I just think that this is going to be the year where he does something. So don't miss out, Taylor. <sighs> It, I, I appreciate that the sales pitch there. I mean, always be closing ABC. Um, I, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Let me, let me sleep on a little bit. You've been, you've been dangling Henry rugs at me since before the rookie draft for the, for the one Oh seven, you, you dangled, dangled them in front of me. And now you're wanting them for uh, Gus Edwards, maybe Ronald Johnson. The second, I don't know. We'll see. Hey, listen, that package for the one Oh seven was a pretty sweet deal. And Henry rugs for Ronald Jones. I'll do that in a heartbeat. That's right. I'm never <laughs> always be closing. I do. Listen, I might do healthcare, but I'm a pretty good salesman every now and then. 
I can see that. I can. Do see you want that. that? Do you want that trophy back there? Do you want that trophy that you see behind me? Too bad it's not going home with me either. Oh, who, who's it going home with? Well, I mean, technically, it's supposed to be Austin's house, but. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, that I period. It's okay. I mean, we can get it to him at some point. Nope. <laughs> you just get old. As the commissioner, I, I have made a veto position. I will hold on to the trophy for another year. I maintain my right to say no, and it's mine. <laughs> All righty. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to bring this episode to a close. Uh, we had a lot of trades happen, which, by the way, I like God, it. Stranger Danger League. I we like did it. it. We, and then, we had trades happen that didn't just have Jacobs involved. So I you know, know. kudos to everybody involved. And then also I'm even proud of our OG league because there's players on the trade block. Like it's activity is picking up. Like there's something happening. Let's keep it going. Come on. It's more exciting when stuff is happening. Right. And Hey, football is back. I don't know about you. I watched that Nebraska, Illinois game. It, I didn't want to throw up. I passed. It wasn't the greatest thing ever, but it was just nice to see a pigskin being tossed around that not necessarily thrown, just tossed around <laughs> underhand um, pitch to the next person. That, that's a story for another day. But anyways, we got football back this weekend. It's Labor Day weekend. It's going to be great. Everyone, you know, be safe out there. Um, just want to say thank starts, you. baby. It's coming NFL up. All is back, baby. Next week. All righty. So I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening to the podcast. We've been having really good numbers lately. We really appreciate it. Please rate and review wherever you're listening to us. Please make sure that you're giving us a five-star rate and review. Uh, And if you're listening to us at Anchor Podcast, Breaker, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and of course, Apple Podcasts. Jacob, why don't you tell the fine folks where they can send us a tweet and or email. Listen, we haven't talked about cakes in a second, but I'll bring it up right now. There was a sofa pea cheesecake that I was staring down when I went kayaking over the weekend. I I wanted it, but unfortunately, my resolve held strong. It looked amazing. So bonus points if you have a sofa pea cheesecake recipe. You can send us a tweet with that at uh, misfit underscore FF on Twitter. But if it's like a family recipe and you want to keep it on the down low, send it an email to the.misfit.ff at gmail.com where we don't just appreciate amazing cake recipes. We also answer any fantasy football questions you might have, such as commissioner questions, trade questions, lineup questions, what color pants should I wear tomorrow questions, you know, just all of the above. Plaid, plaid, it's Tuesday. That's a hot color, man. (laughs) But if it's Wednesday, you have to wear pink, because on Wednesdays, we wear pink. Pink Flamingo Fridays. There you go. On a Wednesday. (laughs) The Sopa Pia cheesecake sounds really good, by the way. It looked amazing. I'm if just any, saying. If anyone in our leagues just add all us on that, even if there's like a YouTube recipe or something, yeah. that, that sounds great. All righty. Well, with that, That's we fine. say goodbye for now. And we'll see you again soon. All right. So Gus Edwards, okay? You want to trade him to me? <laughs>